Welcome to another episode of the Unreal Podcast with Ish Taher and Vegas C, where we talk sports all the time. Today we're diving into the UFC McGregor vs. Poirier fight, as well as the NBA Finals Game 2 just finished up. Let's get right into it. What's going on, guys? So, yeah, let's get into it. We got McGregor Poirier 3. The press conference was today. Just finished up a couple hours ago. And it was a pretty dark press conference, to say the least. McGregor just doesn't look the same. I feel like everything he did was kind of forced. Poirier didn't look intimidated, didn't look scared. I think this is going to be a really good fight. But I think... The intimidation factor, the aura that McGregor once had is completely gone now. What do you think? I completely agree with it, but I, I don't think the biggest thing came during the press conference. I think it came after with with a tweet that kind of smacked uh, Poirier right across the face. I mean, it's one thing when you're talking smack to one another, but it's another thing when you bring in family. And not only did McGregor bring in family, he brought in a Poirier's wife when he said that your wife's in my DMs and even Poirier comes at him and says your hair's thinning out but McGregor says your wife wants to see the hair on my dick and balls she's in my DMs now some of us might and, and some people are asking do you feel like you're in his head the way Poirier said you were in his head within the first fight in the press conference didn't really feel like that but when you say something like that and another man hears it and he questions it, and he's going to question it. And if it gets brought up to his wife, and he sees something, and he goes into that fight with that in the back of the he- his head, yeah, he's mentally fucked. I think the opposite of that, honestly. What I think is, and what I think that that tweet by McGregor tells me, is that he's kind of doubting himself, and maybe Poirier's in his head. Like, think about it. Why would you go that low? He's just trying his hardest to do anything he can to piss Poirier off, and it's not working at all. I feel like McGregor has a lot of self-doubt going on right now. People in the press conference were doubting him. You had a guy asking questions. The guy, one of the questions was, you haven't won a fight since Obama was president. Now, when you think about that, and that goes back to that, it's like a lot of people are doubting this guy. He might start doubting himself. And I don't know. I, I feel like that tweet just tells me that he's... It's, it's not the same guy right now. So there's a few different things you could you could say about it. But definitely, definitely. the the If it's true and Poirier decides to look into it and finds out it's true, come on, man. I don't know how long him and his wife have been married, but they look like they've been married for quite some time. And, 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 and if somebody tells me that my wife's in some another man's DMs, not just another man, the guy I'm about to go to war with, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna think. I mean, I mean, men are men are our lovers, aren't they? Like we have hearts, we have emotions, and when the one person who's supposed to be your rock in your life is sliding into your opponent's DMs, how the fuck? How do you respond to it? I feel like I, I don't know if you noticed when he showed the thing; it just said a message request. Doesn't it usually show the message? Like you could see what the person is requesting to message you. He didn't really release that. What if it was just like something like she just thanked him for maybe when he wanted to donate for the charity, thanking him for the donation or something like that. And maybe it just, it's just something he's using as a tactic that I think is just straight BS. But ultimately, 
it's going to be interesting to see what happens on Saturday night, to say the least. Right now, when we look at the line, we got McGregor at plus 110, Poirier at minus 130. Early in the week, all the money was coming in on Poirier. Now that everybody in the public and everybody got to Vegas, all these fans, they're all throwing money on McGregor. It got flipped around. We have McGregor getting a lot of money coming in right now. I think the line moves back to like a pick em. And so, real quick, real quick, I just wanted to double check on what exactly the message request entailed. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't. So, I'm looking at this right now. I have message requests. I have thousands of message requests through my Instagram personally. And it does usually show the message. Uh, it shows a preview of the message and you can see it. But anybody can unsend a message. So, so. My question, I guess, is if she sends the message and she unsent it, does she still show up in his message request? As a request, yeah. Because it does say accept message request from Jolie Poirier, right? Now, now, unless somebody edited that and it's fake. No, it's not fake. He posted a screen recording video of his phone opening up the message, like opening it on his Instagram. But what did the message say? It didn't show the message, just showed the request. So either she unsended it. Yeah, like, she she must have unsent it. Yeah. But but that that that's even more of a mental fuck. Yeah, isn't it? Kind of fucked up. Because it is real hundred percent. If you go to his Twitter right now, he posted a video of him like with the screen recording on his phone. So yeah, I just checked out the screen recording and, and it does look like she sent something, but she must have unsent it. Now you're gonna tell me. If I'm married to a woman and we've done all these great things together with our charity and everything like that, and you're in another man's DMs, and the guy's the it's the guy I'm going to war with, and he has proof, and he screen recorded the proof, and he posted it on Twitter for the whole world to see two days before we're gonna fight. Bro, bro, the only thing he should be concentrated on right now is that fight. But his fucking marriage could be in shambles. McGregor is a genius, a motherfucker, and a genius. Because let me tell you, if that man is thinking about his wife at all in that cage, he's done. He is so fucked. The mind game, the mind fucked is back, and he should be afraid. Okay, now, you you think that this is basically going to affect the fight, and you think McGregor wins the fight? I think I think the biggest part of fighting is mental. I mean, I mean, that's how McGregor fucking made his name. That's how he killed so many different people. Poirier admitted it. Aldo fucking was mentally fucked by him. The, the guy is a king of getting in people's heads. The only person he couldn't really get in his head was Habib and Nate Diaz. Those were the two guys that he never got in their head. But if he's in your head, if a fighter's in your head, that's just a huge part of the battle. Mentally, if you're mentally fucked going into a fight, you are going to lose. I agree with that, but I just, man, I rewatched that second fight probably six times in the last three days. There was no fucking concern of the guy's wife and his DMs trying to fuck him. That's why. I don't think that's going to be as relevant as you think going into the fight. Uh, You haven't been in a fucking marriage, have you? It's not even about that. I Listen, bro. 
people are human beings, bro. He is a human being at the end of the day. He still fucking feels, thinks, hurts, just like everyone else. If you find out the person that you love, that you built your whole fucking life with, is in another man's DMs that you're about to fucking fight, it's not good. That's all I'm going to say on that. You know you know what I think after I saw everything and watched everything? I think Dustin Poirier is coming into this fight unfazed and extremely confident. When I look at Conor McGregor, I look at a guy whose last win came against Donald Cerrone, who, no offense, is a fucking joke. Other than Donald Cerrone, his last win in fucking MMA was in 2016. We're in 2021 right now, okay? 2016 was his last fucking win. He got mauled by Khabib, and then he got knocked out by Poirier. And then he had that that fight in the middle. Say it again. That was against Diaz that he had his last one, right? No, against Eddie Alvarez when he became the double champ. When you look at his resume, it's like, yeah, he beat the whole featherweight division. But at 155, I mean, he beat Eddie Alvarez. Okay, Eddie Alvarez was the champ. But is Eddie Alvarez that good? I don't think so. I mean, yeah, he had a great performance against him. But he got fucking mauled by Khabib. And then he beat Cerrone, who's past his prime, always gets finished by everybody early. And then he comes back and, and Poirier outclasses him. I mean, round one was McGregor's, don't get me wrong, but if McGregor's not finishing you in the first round, the fight flies and, and goes completely in the opposite direction towards Poirier. And that's how I feel like in, in a lot of fights against McGregor. I mean, we saw Diaz too. McGregor came out strong. Then Diaz came on in the later rounds. If McGregor doesn't put him away early, I don't think he's going to put him away at all. Yeah, I mean, McGregor's stamina has always been something that's been questioned because it feels like he can't really do much past the first round and a half. I mean, the guy burns out very quickly. He burnt out against Poirier. He's burnt out many other times. Against Habib, he was just fucking dead by the second round. I mean, this this guy has always been known to get tired, but that's why I see this fight finishing. I, I believe the over-under is within the round and a half, isn't it? One and a half rounds and and two and a half rounds are are the two. Okay. Honestly, if I'm betting, I'm taking this fight to finish within the first round and a half. So within the second round, midway through the second round, this fight will be done. You know know what I would do? Okay, just I I kind of agree with that, but I feel like there's a good way to bet that. Right now, if, if you're looking and you're saying, okay, the only way McGregor wins is if he wins in round one or round two. Is that what you're saying, basically? If he's winning, not just that, the only way I mean, Poirier would win if he wins it within round one or two because Poirier, I mean, McGregor just doesn't have the the stamina, he can't can't stay, he can't fight for long, and it's proven he doesn't last long. Habib could have finished him sooner if he wanted to. I I think that's a fact, by the way, but he didn't. So, what I would do though is I'd bet McGregor by KO round one. They get you plus mm. 500. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's say McGregor doesn't knock him out on the first round. You know what I would do? I would switch it right over. I think McGregor is going to win the first round of this fight no matter what happens. He's When they're both fresh, they're both healthy, they're going to go in the first round, McGregor's going to outstrike him. That's what I think. If McGregor wins the first round, doesn't finish him, I would jump on the Poirier side on the money line. McGregor will be up 1-0. You'll get Poirier plus 125, and then, boom, you take him for the rest of the fight. And guess what? McGregor KOs him in the first round. Boom, you got plus 500 McGregor you just hit on. I mean, this fight's also for McGregor's career. 
This is for... I don't think so. Everybody says that, but okay. Let's say McGregor loses. You know what he'll do? He'll go fight Diaz the third time and make a shitload of money and just not give a fuck. I'm with you. Wait, wait, wait. I'm with you. But do you think his name sells as well if he loses this fight? Like you said, he hasn't had a real win since he became the double champ five years ago. I still think this fight would sell, though. I think no matter what. It would sell. It'll sell. It's not going to be a top-tier fucking sale, though. People are going to look at McGregor and be like, man, this fucking guy, all he does is talk now. He hasn't won shit in fucking five years. Donald Cerrone doesn't count. Yeah, that Donald Cerrone's a, a joke of a win. And that's no disrespect to Donald Cerrone. He's just no, 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 no. 100%. That fight was meant for, for it to be a tune-up for uh, Poirier again. Um, no disrespect. Donald Cerrone's been a vet. He's been doing it for a long time. Guy could fucking knock the shit out of me any day, okay? He'll kick me in the head and fucking I'll die. But uh, let's just be real. There's levels to this fight. shit. It was a tuna huh? fight. It was it a tuna fight. fight. Yeah. And just like, I mean, it just really stuck out to me the fact that his li- literally his last real win, I'd say, is fucking 2016. Like, yeah. the guy's been so fucking inactive. It's unbelievable how inactive he's been. Well, I mean, yeah. after he collected the 100 million, what the fuck does he need to be active for? How long, many fights do you have to fight in UFC to make $100 million? You're better off fighting Jake Paul. You'll make more money. Honestly, dude, if I was him, I don't even know why he's fighting anymore. I feel like, I don't know. I just feel, I'm not sold on the McGregor's back and he's been working hard and it's him. I don't care what anyone says. Once you get that much money, it's impossible for you to be. To have the same drive. It's, it's impossible. Yeah, give yeah. me a hundred million dollars. If you give me ten million dollars, I wouldn't be here right now. I'd be sitting down doing fucking nothing. Okay. Yeah. And this guy no, has no. hundreds of millions of dollars. You think he's gonna mm-hmm. go outside at five a.m. and go running and jogging in the hills, or go out and do multiple workout sessions like Poirier is right now? Fuck no, he's not. He's not doing. He definitely. Nothing. He definitely. No, he definitely does not have the same drive. Nobody has the same drive. Once you accomplish your goals. And whether your goals are money or accolades or, or, or any type of whatever your goals are, once you accomplish them, you definitely do chill out a little bit. Everybody does naturally. There's very few people who, who hit a goal and then just Can't go even harder. You know yeah. what I mean? The guy hit his goal. The guy's made hundreds of millions of dollars, whether it's between uh, the Mayweather fight, the other fights he's had, the, uh, the proper 12 uh, sale. I mean, bro, this guy has it like, you do wonder why he's still doing it, and I think it's just for he loves the he loves it he loves the attention, you know what I mean? Yeah. At the same time, a guy who loves the attention doesn't want to be the fucking butt of a joke, and I don't think he he's gonna lose this fight. To me, McGregor finishes him in the first round and a half, and we're talking about McGregor again, and he's gonna get his title shot soon. Man, it's just the the more I think about it. I, I've never been truly lost when breaking down and looking at a fight, but I just feel like this fight could go so many different ways. Like, if I'm Poirier, man, I just fight for survival the first round, round and a half, try to get through it, weather the storm, and then I think it's his fight from there on out. I don't, in the beginning, I was thinking, hey, you know what, let me bet McGregor all the way but it's just not worth it it's really it's not a good bet so it's gonna be an exciting fight but it's not good so what are you taking honestly man i don't think connor's all in i think if 
Poirier could just get through that first round, which I think he will. It's his fight. And I really do like Poirier to win the fight, but I don't think it's worth betting because Connor could definitely starch him. But all he has to do is get through that first you round. You got to pick. Somebody has a gun to your head. Pick, pick one and pick the round. I, I'm taking Poirier round three. I think he survives the storm early. I think he lands some shots in the second round. Connor gets tired. Mixes in a couple takedowns, and then in the third round, Connor gasses and Poirier puts on the the Jets and finishes him. I think he finishes him in the third round, and I'm not very confident in this pick, but that is what I believe. I don't think Connor has it anymore. I really don't. Now let's talk about game two of the NBA Finals. The Phoenix Suns jump out and take a 118-108 game two dub. The series is at 2-0 with Phoenix dominating right now. What is going on with your Bucks, brother? The Bucks need a fucking new coach. That's what they need, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, the crowd has had a major impact, I feel like, on this series to start. It really has. Giannis fucking 42 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, 15 of 22 shooting. And he's only 15 or 22 because he shot one for five from the three-point line, which I don't know why he shoots threes. That's a story for another time. Chris Middleton, 11 points, five for 16, one for six from three. Minus 15 plus minus. Drew Holiday, seven for 21. The guy took 21 shots. I know they said for Drew Holiday to be more aggressive, but not this aggressive. Give the fucking ball to Giannis and everybody get the fuck out of the way. They need more help. They really do. The bench, I mean, Pat Connington, 5 for 10. Yeah, 5 for 10, but he missed a lot of open threes. Even though he shot 4 for 9 from 3, he missed a couple of wide open threes. Yeah, almost open, all his shots are open. Almost all you his shots are open. You're open, you need to hit. That's it. Right. I agree. And the Suns are just shooting lights out, man. Devin Booker, 7 of 12 from the three-point line. Uh, Chris Paul, 3 for 5 from 3. Cam Johnson played great. I mean, honestly, it's a mixture of Giannis needing more help. Their, their defense is atrocious when it comes to switching. There was many times in the game where they just looked lost defensively. Budenholzer needs to fucking put a defense together, have these guys switching, have these guys playing together, and just know who to guard defensively because they're getting picked apart. And if they don't fix that, they're, they're going to lose. I mean, it's just that simple. I mean, when you look at these teams from a talent standpoint, they're very very like similar like they both have superstars and great role players and that's why they both are where they are one through five they both have size and they're just solid all-around teams they got shooters they got defenders everything is similar about these two teams the biggest difference is the coaching the Suns are out coaching the fuck out of the bucks the bucks just don't know what to do the Suns have possessions where they're passing the ball 10 times, bro. 10 times in a 24-second fucking shot clock. It was unreal. And and the Suns just, they're not making adjustments. Like, when you go into the fucking uh, uh, halftime locker room, what are you doing? They keep running the same thing. They keep taking the weakest defender and switching it on to whoever they want. They, they, they're getting what they want when they want offensively. Chris Paul is just dissecting them. It's because Budenholzer isn't isn't a good enough coach. He 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 doesn't make adjustments, and this has been his issue 
ever since he started coaching. He's a great regular season coach, but when it comes to the playoffs, when it comes to crunch time, when it comes to another coach having the ability to just concentrate on his team for a series, he gets out coached almost every time. It happened in Atlanta and it's happening in Milwaukee. And that's it. Monty Williams is just a better coach. Chris Paul's a coach himself. And they're taking the series because they're just a smarter team. And I couldn't agree more in regards to that. I mean, the Bucs were, I mean, I thought we were a good defensive team. They gave up 118 points. They They gave up 118 points today. Guess how many points they gave up game one? 118. I mean, how are you letting a team score 118 points on you in the NBA Finals? That just, that's, they're, they're getting multiple second chance opportunities like how they did today. There was many times someone missed a shot, Aiton grabbed the rebound. Giannis was on the perimeter guarding Booker, guarding Paul, so he can't crash a board. Boom, Aiton rebound, back out, three. It was just, it was ridiculous. Bridges has been playing great. Crowder woke up today after shooting 0 of 8 game one, which I, I figured Crowder would wake up because he's strong mentally. But the Bucs are not going to win this series if they're giving up 118 points. Every game. It's just not going to happen. I, I don't care who it is. And it's on their coach, like you said. I think that, obviously, game three is the most important game of the series. If they lose, they're fucked. They're not going to back down 3-0. I really like betting on the Bucks in game three because it is that must win, and you are going home to your crowd. So I do think the Bucks take game three. And if they if they take game three, they definitely could take game four. But it's just if I'm the Suns, I look at it right now. I'm telling everybody in that locker room, we just need to win one game. We win one of these two games in Milwaukee. We're going back home up 3-1. And they could easily do no, that. I definitely, I definitely see them taking game three. I mean, it's a must win. They're at home. This is kind of similar to what happened to them against the Nets. They're, they're down 2-0. And they take game three uh, at home in a very tight game. And then they ended up blowing them out game four. So this, this series is still very live. If you really believe in the Bucks and you think Budenholzer can make changes, then you bet them. I don't know what the series odds are right now. If you could look that up, that'd be great. Um, but if you're feeling like the Bucks can win, it's not like they're out of these games. They're very, they're they're still in it, and and their stars haven't been playing that great. Besides Giannis, Middleton had a good game one. Didn't have a great game two. Um, Drew Holiday has been pretty. Quiet has been shooting the ball great. Overly if he can get going. Overly yeah, aggressive this game. It's like he's trying to overcompensate for everything. Yeah. Uh, now a lot but, of odds right now have the Bucks at plus three ninety to win the series, with the Suns minus four seventy. The Bucks are three and a half point favorites at home game three, and I think that's kind of low. I like laying three and a half and taking the Bucks to win this game. I think they will win this game. It's a must win. And if they lose this game, the series is just over. That's it. But I really yeah, feel like I like taking the Bucks minus three and a half here a lot. I mean, I definitely agree with you. I think I think it's a it, this series is so live. Like you don't know what's gonna happen. You can't count the Bucks out after watching what they did against the Nets. Anything's possible. But the the thing is, it has to come from their stars. It has to either be Holiday. It has to be. Um, Middleton, uh, Giannis, or Middleton. If it's not them three, it's a crapshoot at the end of the day. Lopez is is just way too on and off, like for you to really trust him to give you anything. 
and then after that, it's 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 luck. It's it's really luck. Who's gonna it's score for you? Defense, man. It's it's they're scoring. I feel like it's just they have to be better on the defensive end. It's that simple. They need to be. They better. have they have to make an adjustment. They have to figure out how they're gonna stop the pick and roll that uh, Phoenix is running. It's not. It's this. They call it the Spanish pick and roll. I think the Spain pick and roll because it originated out there. Where it's like the the guy who comes to set the screen sets it, and then somebody sets a screen on his guy. So that way it's always eight and always running free. They made an adjustment to that. Monty Williams was two steps ahead of them, knowing they're going to make that adjustment. So then they just started running a different type of pick and roll. Like he's, it's the coaching. The coaching has to step up. And one of the best things, honestly, about Phoenix is you don't know who's going to give you buckets. Like. Today was Bridges. Bridges dropped 22. The game before, it's Aiton. He dropped uh, over 20. Somebody and then Booker, it's, yeah, it's always Booker and Paul are going to get you what they do. But between Aiton and Bridges and Crowder, any one of them can go for over 20. Uh, and, and they've shown it time and time again. They've shown it. Their starting five is so... Their chemistry is just fucking yeah. unreal. Yeah, they just mesh so well. Everybody knows their job. And and if somebody's feeling it, they get that person the ball. Yeah, I agree. So at this point, it's it's all on Milwaukee to make the adjustments. It's all on Budenholzer. This is not a talent issue by any means. These teams are very equally talented. This is a coaching issue. And it, it's it's honestly, if Budenholzer doesn't win the series, I could see him getting fired. Yeah. I was going to I mean, that. with Even the Nets coming the back to right, with the Nets coming back to full strength and all these other things, like this guy has shown time and time again, he's he's not that good of a coach and when it comes to the playoffs. He wasn't good at all last series. It's just the Hawks were just so depleted. Like the Hawks shouldn't yeah. even have been there, if we're being honest. The Hawks should not have been in the East Finals. No, I mean, I agree with you. The Hawks shouldn't, but when it Trey Young down, goes down. When Trey Young goes down, down to, and does the difference. Yeah. And when it comes down to it right now, it's just, you know, you're going to get buckets out of Chris Paul and Devin Booker no matter what. Mm-hmm. With the Bucks, you don't know if you're going to get those buckets out of Holiday, Antetokounmpo, and Middleton. No, I wouldn't go that far. I, I definitely wouldn't oh, go that I, Middleton scored I, 11 points. That, okay, this is Middleton's first bad game in a while, bro. No, Middleton's been great. He's seen multiple times on the road throughout the playoffs. He has went missing. Bro, Middleton, you need to put some respect on Middleton. Middleton who goes missing. He goes missing a lot. Just like how Holiday did. Game one, he he had a great game. He dropped 29. Okay, but what did he do game two? He fucking went missing, like I said. These guys tend to go missing a lot. They do. Listen, we all have our bad games. I do definitely think Chris Middleton comes back out stacked next game. He has a good game. Holiday, it's it's all on Drew Holiday. Can Drew Holiday hit his shots? Can he can he figure out what his role is? That's that's the real thing. It's like can Drew Holiday figure out what his role is because it doesn't feel like he knows what his role is on this team. And that's all for today's episode, folks. Thank you guys for joining us on the Unreal Podcast. I'm Ish Taher, and with me is Vegas Z. We wish you guys a happy, healthy, and great weekend. And let's enjoy these uh, these sports that are going on. Let's enjoy the NBA Finals and the fights. Till next time, peace.